Welcome to Scoop with Steve Football. Hey everyone and welcome to this episode of Scoop with Steve Football. Sorry I've been off the air for a little bit recently. I've been doing a ton of work over at Beer Life Sports where I'm known as the professor producing a lot of content for them and also getting everything ready to go for my uh, 2021 preview guide and fantasy football guide. You can check that out over at scubastefootball.com. You get a preseason package as well as my in-season updates. But uh, back today to continue my team preview series, I'm going to be talking about the Arizona Cardinals. So I am uh, out in Grand Junction right now, and it is absolutely dumping rain out there. So unfortunately, uh, Glenwood Canyon may be uh, closing again for those of you who are familiar with the issues we've had out on I-70 out in the Colorado mountains this summer, so uh, hopefully everybody's safe out there. But I'm rocking the headphones so that uh, that noise from the uh, rain dumping on top of this building isn't too bad. So, um, For those of you who don't know, I'm Scuba Steve Clinton. Uh, I'm a former quality control assistant. Uh, worked at Northwestern University under Pat Fitzgerald and then the University of Toledo back when Matt Campbell was still the head coach there. Went on to get my master's in predictive analytics, and now I combine film study with analytics to uh, produce a, what I think is a fairly unique opinion on the NFL. So, Oh, and you know, before I get ahead of myself here, I've got to run through what, uh, what the grade colors are for uh, both folks who can see my depth chart up on the screen as we work through, and for the podcast listeners who... Uh, can't see that. So uh, my blue grades are my elite players, the the best of the best. My purple uh, grades are my plus players. Uh, dark green is a solid starter. Adequate, uh, or I'm sorry, but uh, light green is an adequate starter. Uh, you can definitely get by with those guys, but they're not necessarily winning for you. Uh, gray players are backups. You know, you're going to have to kind of work around them on the field. Uh, don't have too many guys with black grades out of season, uh, but those guys are uh, victims. Guys who are really struggling in season often. And then my rookies are all in orange. You know, I've seen highlight tapes on some of these guys, but I don't do extensive film breakdown. And even if I did, I like to see guys get out and do it in the NFL before I start, uh, you know, anointing them as, uh, as big-time NFL players. So. I'm going to jump into the Arizona Cardinals today, just breaking down the roster. So uh, I'll kick things off with the offense, uh, since that seems to be the philosophy out there in Arizona under head coach Cliff Kingsbury. So I think that uh, the, the easy starting point is with quarterback Kyler Murray. And, you know, Murray is a guy who I'm just so excited to see this season. I think that he took a big step forward last year. Um, and even within his rookie season, you saw him acclimate to NFL speed. You could kind of see him adjusting to the angles. And once he did that, you saw his uh, dynamic ability as a runner really start to show. I'm not sure there's another player in the NFL, let alone a quarterback, with, with Kyler's short area quick. Now, the long speed, he's not the biggest guy, but just in terms of his ability to accelerate away from guys, uh, which shows up, you know, both against pass rushers or when he's evading defenders as a runner, is just phenomenal. All that lower body explosiveness really shows up in the way he throws the ball, too. You might expect a guy who's, you know, smaller stature to not have an explosive arm, but Kyler absolutely has an explosive arm. I think one more year in the NFL, you know, He's, it, we'd love for all these guys to be where they need to be uh, as rookies, but it takes some time and it takes reps. And Kyler's definitely trending in the right direction. And, you know, I, I think that as a player, he's going to be improving. 
the questions I really have are about what they have around him. Now, on the positive side, I'll, I'll start up with the offensive line here before I get into the skill players on the Arizona offense. Uh, I've got my depth chart up here as, as, so that you can uh, check out the grades that I have on these players going into the season. As you can see, Rodney Hudson's the guy I've got in blue. You know, I think Rodney's been a player who stood out at me at the center position, going all the way back to when he was in Kansas City before he moved over to the Las Vegas Raiders. He's a guy who's consistently available. He's a very powerful center in addition to having the movement skills to do things like be the puller as a center. Was I was really confused by the fact that the Raiders moved on from him, but, you know, it certainly isn't a steal to the degree that they got their other blue player, DeAndre Hopkins, at in last offseason's trade market. But I thought Rodney Hudson was a guy that, you know, if I can get a, a, a proven elite performer for a mid-round draft pick, that's something that I'm happy to sign up for. So I think they definitely upgraded at center. Uh, Mason Cole had played better a year ago than he had, you know, especially his disastrous rookie year. But Hudson's just going to be a much better player for them. At left tackle, DJ Humphreys has continued to be a good player, really has resurrected his career under Cliff Kingsbury. He always had the athleticism when Bruce Arians was there, but the consistency just wasn't wasn't where you wanted it to be. You know, Humphreys is the type of athlete who you can use in the screen game. He can get out, be the lead blocker on toss, and he he's one of those guys where if he's the lead blocker on toss and you're a cornerback and that dude's coming at you. You're looking to cut that guy. You're, you are not trying to take on DJ Humphreys uh, when that guy's moving at speed. I think that they're in a good spot there. Over at right tackle, you know, Kelvin Beecham, I've got him as a dark green grade. He is right on that line of being a light green grade. Uh, for a long time, even when he was with the New York Jets, I always felt like Kelvin Beecham, and, and really going back to his time with the Steelers as a left tackle now that I think about it, kind of the 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 minimum acceptable standard you can get by with a starting tackle. Beecham, unlike Humphreys, is not a super athlete at the, at the position. He's a shorter guy. It's surprising he's able to, to get by at his height at offensive tackle, but he plays his angles really well. He's not overwhelmingly powerful. He's not a guy who is, is going to make your offense roll, but he's also a guy who is not going to make the big mistakes to, to cause the offense to stop. Uh, with the guard tandem, it's it's going to be interesting. You know, Justin Pugh has um, been a, a good player when he's been healthy for the Cardinals. That The health has been an issue dating back to his days with the Giants where he was a first-round pick. But when he's out there, I think he's, he's a solid player. He's powerful, um, does some things well. Uh, over at right guard, they, they've got a couple of options there. You know, Brian Winters, uh, I've got him as a backup right now, but he... Uh, Definitely flirts with, with being an adequate player. You know, I thought that he was a, a decent player for the Jets. Um, he went over to the Buffalo Bills, ended up being the odd man out in their competition for snaps at the guard position. But he'll, he'll come over to Arizona, and we'll, we'll see if he pushes Justin Murray, who is entering his um, third season here for the Cardinals and uh, has played some at tackle, some at guard. I would expect him to be competing for snaps at right guard this season. You know, Murray, again, not a guy who's overwhelming, but this starting five should, should be solid enough. Uh, the Cardinals have certainly come a long way from uh, back when old Josh Rosen was at, at quarterback for them for that one season when their offensive line was as bad as any I've ever seen. Uh, so, you know, Kyler should be dealing with a solid group there. His back tandem 
tandem with Chase Edmonds and James Conner should benefit from that. I think that it's going to be interesting to see how they break it up with James Conner and Chase Edmonds. I think that, you know, you would think that Conner is going to be the base down back, kind of handle those in between the, the tackle carries and Edmonds, even if he does end up getting more touches on the season, it'll be more as the third down back. You know, Edmonds is a guy to me who's a lot of fun to watch. He's very explosive with the ball in his hands. If he gets a seam, he's going to take full advantage of it. But at the same time, he's a small back who's never handled the high volume of carries. So I think, you know, there are a few folks out there who are, are kind of projecting him as the, uh, you know, true number one, um, especially with Connor's injury issues. But I think the best case scenario for Arizona is if you can lower the volume for both these guys and try to get through the season with them both available. They are going to offer complementary skill sets, which I'm always a fan of. Um, so I do like that that back tandem. Where I start to run into issues is is in the receivers that they have available for for Kyler. And you know you can see I've got DeAndre Hopkins in blue. I think DeAndre is going to continue to be an elite elite player in the NFL. He's been the NFL's best receiver at the catch point for I don't know since he entered the league. I'm extremely physical at the catch point. Huge hands. Doesn't drop balls. And then. You know, it's interesting because DeAndre, in my opinion, is really explosive with the ball in his hands after the catch. He's a, he's a very difficult tackle who can, you know, rip off some big explosive gains in, in that area. Uh, but, you know, you might expect a guy who has some of those explosive run after catch traits to be a little bit more of an explosive route runner, create a little more separation um, than Hopkins typically does. But, uh, you know, it, it just doesn't really matter because he's just going to body up and doesn't matter if he's being held or, or what, he's going to make those catches. So the, the tough thing is I think that Hopkins is going to have to continue to suck in a, a high volume of targets. And this brings me to A.J. Green. And as you can see, I've got A.J. Green as a backup going into the season. It, it's a weird thing for me to do that because A.J. Green is my favorite receiver that I've ever watched on film in the NFL. I've been, you know, haven't been doing this too long, but I have been breaking this down since 2014. And A.J. at his best is just this incredible acrobat at the catch point. His ability to one-hand the ball, make, you know, his catch radius is ridiculous. Absolutely loved him at his peak, but, you know, he was... He was not good last year for, for the Bengals. He's been hurt a lot in these past two years and, you know, just a shell of himself, I guess you would say. So, you know, there's a lot of positive reports about A.J. Green coming out of Arizona Cardinals camp. Uh, but what I worry about is I assume he had to have been playing okay in camp for the Bengals, given the way that they were forcing the ball to him early last season. And it didn't translate to the regular season. So we'll see. I mean, if you get A.J. Green at even 85% of what he was, the, it changes the equation for this team. But I am taking a wait-and-see approach with A.J. entering the season. Whether or not A.J. is available is going to um, affect what Christian Kirk does in this offense. And, you know, Christian will probably slide into the slot if A.J. is available. But with uh, rookie Rondale Moore there, if, if Green is not able to play to the level they need him to, I would expect uh, Kirk to maybe play outside again and, and Moore to slide into the slot. You know, Kirk is a guy who I've seen the straight line burst at times, um, but, you know, 
he's not quite as dynamic as, as you might have hoped coming out of college um, in terms of being, you know, a punt returner or slot receiver type who had some real juice. Um, haven't really seen that. I, I see him as a very complimentary player who can only handle so much for you in the passing game, which to me really makes Rondell more the X factor in this offense, uh, more as a second round pick out of Purdue who, uh, you know, draft analysts just raved about his game against Ohio State. I believe his freshman year at Purdue had some injury issues moving forward. He's um, a shorter guy, but, you know, very explosive. So it's going to be interesting to see how Cliff Kingsbury uses him. I'm also worried about the fact that Larry Fitzgerald at this juncture just appears to be set to retire. Uh, the reason for that is that they don't use the tight end really at all in the past game in Arizona. And now Dan Arnold, who was their better targeted tight end, has moved on to the Carolina Panthers. That leaves you with Max Williams, who is really just an inline blocker and short area target, and Darrell Daniels, who has been more or less a backup throughout his career. And, you know, with with Fitz um, still in the fold, he was playing out of the slot, and he's a he was a I mean, always been a big-bodied receiver, right? So he did a lot of the things that you might think of a tight end doing in some other passing offenses. And with him out of the picture, I'm just not sure um, how that's going to work out in terms of slot targets. I thought, you know, looking at this group, I thought uh, Fitzgerald was still a reliable target for Kyler Murray last year. And again, if AJ Green bounces back, then that alleviates a lot of the concerns I have. But at this point, you know, that that's in doubt. And, uh, you know, now Kyler loses Larry Fitzgerald as a reliable target. It's just going to be interesting to see how uh, well the group around Kyler Murray works this season. So uh, it's also going to be interesting to see how this defense changes things up going into the year. Um, last year, I guess that you would say with Chandler Jones down, maybe the Two of the more recognizable names on the defense were on the back end in corners, Patrick Peterson and Dre Kirkpatrick, both veterans with high draft pedigrees who had been in the league a long time. The Cardinals have moved on from both of them. And now, you know, aside from the fact that you've got a superstar in Buda Baker on the back end, you're kind of hoping the calling card for this defense is going to be the rush tandem of J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones. Now, J.J.'s been dealing with a hamstring during training camp, and Chandler's coming off of torn biceps, but these are two players who have been some of the NFL's best pass rushers over the past, you know, five, ten years here. Uh, J.J., I thought, had a very good season for the Houston Texans, uh, especially being able to stay healthy. Now, the numbers weren't there. The Houston Texans defense had no structure last year. There were very few plays to be made, but I think J.J.'s still playing at a very high level. I think Chandler has been, you know, maybe the best pure pass rusher in football over the past three years when he's been available, uh, does an incredible job of utilizing his length to his advantage. I think Chandler's also improved as a run defender and setting the edge and kind of figuring out how to use that long frame to generate leverage. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping that he comes back healthy because he's a ton of fun to watch. Uh, if they do have injury issues with either of those guys, I like that they have Marcus Golden as a backup. Um, I think Golden, you know, for whatever struggles he had uh, with the New York Giants before he was traded last year. Uh, Golden's been a productive player off the edge. Up front, Corey Peters, uh, you know, he's, it, it's kind of tough with some of these nose tackles. So they have, uh, you know, 
how high do you grade them when they're just a base down player, right? But I think Corey Peters has been a very solid nose tackle for several years. Zach Allen is a player who I believe he's entering his third year now. He's been on the rise. Uh, I think that he has been a very consistent player for them. Jordan Phillips is a guy that they need to get more out of if he's going to live up to the big free agent contract he signed before last season. There were injury issues last year that contributed to some of his struggles. Uh, but Jordan was, you know, really good player for, for the Buffalo Bills two years ago. He's a massive body, uh, especially with him playing on the end next with Corey Peters as the nose in, in what's been a 3-4 base front under uh, defensive coordinator Vance Joseph. I mean, that's that's a lot of bulk between two players and should certainly make things a little easier for their inside linebacker tandem to read. Um, that inside linebacker tandem, though, uh, which, you know, the Cardinals more or less handed the starting roles to Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins. There has been a little bit of controversy uh, with Jordan Hicks not even being allowed to compete for the starting role. Not something that I love personally in the NFL. You just, we saw what happened with Isaiah Simmons last year. Draft pedigree, you know, might mean something, but in a lot of cases, I mean, it's no guarantee, right? Isaiah Simmons didn't look like he knew how to play any position last year. He just didn't look comfortable, had been a, a kind of a defensive weapon, I guess you could call him at Clemson, lining up all over the place, and just didn't seem to have the instincts to have play any position last year you know Jordan Hicks has been this team's best inside linebacker for two years I do understand that you've invested a ton of draft capital in Simmons and Collins so if it's a situation where you say look those guys are going to get all the reps with the ones during the offseason because we have to try to get them up to speed and Jordan Hicks you have to figure out a way to get yourself ready uh, despite not getting reps with the ones in case you do start in week one that's fine with me, but the fact that you're just saying that those two are going to be handed the starting job, I'm just not sure that's that's a great philosophy to have within an organization. I think back to when Rex Ryan was the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, and they're just, you know, handing out starting jobs the day after the draft to third-round picks who never end up making an impact. It, it, I just think that you want to, you know, just call it for what it is. This is this is a competitive business and nobody gets handed anything. So, so we'll see what happens with Isaiah Simmons and David Collins. Uh, really interesting physical profiles on both those guys. Simmons, you know, being a, a much leaner athlete at about 240 pounds. Collins was, you know, up at 270, might play in the 260s. So he's a little more of a thumper. But, you know, obviously there's a ton of potential there. They were drafted in the first round for a reason. But it's going to have to be a wait-and-see approach for me. I'm, I'm very interested to see how those two look together on coaches tape. Um, in the secondary, as I mentioned earlier, Buda Baker has turned into just absolute stud. Um, can play all over the field. He flies to the ball. A little bit undersized, but has a great understanding of how to use the leverage in his body to be an effective tackler, to get off blocks. You know, yeah, I think that I love when he's down in the box. He makes all sorts of plays and, you know, his ability to thrive down there despite being a smaller player is, you know, something that I absolutely love to watch on tape. Uh, we'll see what they get next to him at safety. Uh, Jalen Thompson, Deontay Thompson, and Chris Banjo all had their moments when, when they filled in as the starter next to Buddha. I don't think that any of them really distinguished themselves. Uh, Jalen and Deontay Thompson, both are guys who... You know, they can play some free safety, but they profile more as maybe half-field players, kind of, you know, play down in the box. Chris Banjo had never really gotten much run at safety in a pretty lengthy NFL career, but when he did play, 
uh, last year, you could definitely see the range and the speed that's allowed him to survive in the NFL on special teams for all this time. They also brought in Sean Williams from Cincinnati, who lost his job as the starting strong safety when the Bengals signed uh, Von Bell last year. Uh, Williams is a guy who has always just been kind of an okay player to me. Um, you know, never, never quite lived up to, to the what they were hoping for in Cincinnati, obviously, with them going with a different player. He, to me, is strictly a strong safety, uh, lacks the range to play in the back end. And, you know, I think he's just an okay player. I don't think you feel great if he's in the starting lineup. At corner, I've got Byron Murphy in the slot there, but I would expect him and Malcolm Butler to start on the outside in their base package and for Byron Murphy to slide into the slot uh, in the nickel package. Uh, Byron's a guy who I've just always been very intrigued by the way he moves on the field. I think he's got very easy hips uh, and his ability to that allows him to play some mirror match uh, technique, which, you know, playing mirror match out of the slot when you're dealing with you know, a lot of two-way goes from the receiver, the ability to change direction on a route is not an easy thing to do. And while Murphy has not been, you know, I wouldn't say he's been a shutdown corner by any means in his first two years, just his traits and the way he moves out there, I think that there's a very high ceiling on him. Uh, you know, Malcolm Butler comes over after being cut by Tennessee. Uh, Malcolm's always been kind of a, a boom-bust player, I think you could say. Um you know, he, he's got adequate tools when he's on. I think he's, you know, an aggressive player, an aggressive tackler. But he's a guy who I worry about guys getting behind him a little bit. Um, we'll, we'll see how it works out in Arizona. Um, but if they do have a good pass rush, I think Malcolm could have a good year for them. Where I get really worried is with the third corner position here. Uh, Robert Alford is currently... Uh, running with the ones, uh, but Alfred, I don't think, played very well. His last year in Atlanta, which was three years ago, he has since um, torn a peck and missed a season, and I believe broke his leg and missed another season. So he has not played football really in two years here, and they're counting on him to you know play the way he did four years ago now if he's going to be a good player for them in this defense. And that's just a roll of the dice. He's a guy who, you know, had him as a light green player when he originally joined the Cardinals, but currently have him with, with that gray grade as a backup coming off these injuries. So we'll, we'll see how he bounces back. Darquez Denard, um, if he ends up being the nickel, Darquez has always been more of a nickel corner. So in that case, I would expect Byron Murphy to stay on the outside in the nickel. Uh, we'll see how it goes for Darquez. I think he's always been just kind of an okay player. They've also got Marco Wilson, uh, who, you know, I, I don't watch a lot of, or really any college football, but he gained quite a bit of notoriety for the apparently tackling a guy and ending up with his cleat in his hand and throwing it and getting called for, uh, you know, unsportsmanlike conduct. Um, you know, I saw several things in his draft profile about whether that's a huge flaw. I don't know. That's just, to me, a very odd situation to end a uh, play with an opponent's cleat in your hand. Um, you practice a lot of situations at football practice. I don't ever remember us going through what you do. You know, <laughs> when I was at Northwestern, we always talked about if you score, act like you've been there before, go hand the ball to the official. We never broke down what you were supposed to do if you had the opponent's uh, footwear in your hand after the play. So kind of a weird situation. We'll see what he does. Um, he some very good reviews on him. The guys further down the depth chart, um, you know, 
totally unproven guys. I don't know if you feel great about where they're at. You know, at, as a whole, this Arizona defense, um, I think that they've struggled to communicate um, under Vance Joseph. I feel like it's been a defense that has been less than the sum of their parts in a lot of cases. Um, but, you know, there, there's plenty of room for that to change during the upcoming season. Um, but, you know, I've got two blue players potentially um, and two purple players uh, on, on this defense. I'm expecting Byron Murphy to take a step forward. He, he had been a dark green player, but I've got him as a purple going into the year. We'll see if I'm accurate in that assessment. But, you know, especially with those inside linebackers having the potential to, to jump up some grades. And Jordan Phillips was a purple player for Buffalo two years ago. There, there's a lot of ability on this defense, but I think there's just a lot of question marks as well. And of course, playing in a loaded NFC West, uh, nothing's going to come easy. But, you know, the Cardinals are a team I'm very excited about. I, I can't really see them making a Super Bowl run unless all these things work for them. But I can certainly see them taking the next step forward and, and pushing for a playoff position. Uh, you know, as I say, a lot, lot of veterans that they're counting on on these contracts. So we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out. But at the very least, you know, when you're watching an Arizona Cardinals game, you're going to have a lot of fun watching because that dude, uh, Kyler Murray's taking the snaps for them. So uh, I guess that's all I have to say on the Cardinals. Um, I'm going to be uh, recording the rest of my NFL team previews. Uh, if you're interested in getting ahead on some videos I haven't done, you can check out my website, Scuba Steve Football, where I've got all 32 team previews uh, that I've written up uh, available to read. Um, there's also, uh, you know, part of the series on, on these team previews for the YouTube channel and also uh, on my podcast version of this, which uh, this video will also be available as a podcast. Uh, so yeah, check all that out. You can also check me out as the professor over at Beer Life Sports. And uh, yeah, until next time, thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you could uh, like the video, subscribe to the channel, that would be awesome. And uh, yeah, I hope that everyone uh, enjoyed this and uh, hope you all have an awesome day. Great to have some preseason football going on right now. And can't wait to get things kicked off for the regular season.